Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Bartow Ford Real Animals Radio Show. Your weekly voyage into Florida fishing. Presented by Hubbard's Marina. Hosted by Captain Mike Anderson and Captain Dylan Hubbard. Good morning, guys. Captain Dylan Hubbard here at News Radio WFLA 970 in the iHeart Media Empire for our Bartow Ford Real Animals Fishing Show this morning. And we are excited. This morning, I got Captain Charlie Howell from Ebb and Flow Charters in studio with me this morning. Unfortunately, no Captain Mike. You're stuck with just me and Charlie this morning, but we're looking forward to a great show here talking a little bit about. Fishing inshore, near shore, and offshore. And uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming up events wise and some important information to share as well. We've got an FWC meeting up coming up this upcoming week. And uh, man, the weather, the weather this week was gorgeous. Beautiful. I mean, just spectacular the last two days. And uh, luckily, it looks like we should get a pretty nice weekend. Uh, despite some confused frontal systems um, and some stalling fronts and stuff like that. But uh looks like we're going to get a cold front Monday, but it is a little bit of a weak front and then uh, doesn't really affect our, our weather too bad and looks like it's not going to make us real cold, thankfully. And then uh, it's going to kind of stall out and hang around for a few days, so it looks like we'll we'll get north wind. Um, Monday, Tuesday, and into Wednesday, and then a big high pressure settles in. And uh, they always talk about how March is windy. And yeah. boy, does this March look like it's starting out on that same pattern. Very, very windy towards the second half of this week. Uh, starting after Wednesday afternoon, it looks like. So going to be a windy second half of the week, but we're coming up on that new moon. So we got flowing water, some big tides, and uh, this weekend should be some really good fishing. Not only great weather, but your prefrontal and you're right before that new moon as well. So some great opportunities to get out there and hopefully capitalize and catch plenty of fish this weekend. And uh, before the wind starts puffing, but I guess inshore, it's not too bad uh, with that easterly flow. I know near shore and offshore you can still make it out there if you're hugging the shoreline in that east wind but uh once you get a little bit further from shore it gets exponentially more rough the further west you go exactly uh, it's yeah it's kind of the same thing in the bay you can get to one side or the other and mm-hmm. kind of duck away but crossing it is the issue <laughs> <laughs> yeah that doesn't seem like a lot of fun the the tampa bay gets rough a it lot does. of people don't realize that and that's one thing i didn't really realize until uh Gasparilla Adventures, uh, <laughs> trying to go from the mouth of Tampa Bay all the way up there for Gasparilla. It can get rough in the bay, uh, especially when that wind really picks up. But uh, finding that wind-protected shoreline, that sun-baked shoreline, it's definitely been key 
uh, from what I'm hearing inshore. Is that kind of what you're seeing this past week, or has the little warm-up kind of changed the pattern a little? Um, from what I've seen, yeah. I mean, the redfish have definitely woken up. Snook are starting to come around. Um, <clears throat> I was in the river. I went and fished the Hillsborough River last week, uh, kind of anticipating it to fire off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was not It was not good. I think we a couple of gar and, oh, wow. and lost a few snook. But uh, that was kind of my expectation anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, but this the bay is starting to get good the water temperature is up around 70 degrees mm-hmm. um, and that's you know once you prime get, time once you get up above 70 it's on so i think they did this little front that's coming through isn't going to affect the temperatures too much so i think spring's here so it's warmed up from that cold cold temperature because i know mike always talks about how he really likes like 70 72 degrees and that's when the bay really really fires off yep so it got colder than that Fish kind of slowed down, got lethargic, went to their wintertime haunts, and now it's starting to warm back up to that kind of prime zone. You, you yep. That's what you're saying? Yep, and, and the fish are coming out of their backcountry areas, out of their creeks and rivers, and um, the flats are starting to produce. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And uh, have you been doing any sheep's head hunting, or are you still hard after those snook and redfish? I Normally during the wintertime, I don't I don't mess with snook. I kind of let them be because we, yeah. we beat them up pretty good during the season, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. Uh, during the winter, I kind of focus more on sheep's head and, mm-hmm. and trout, yeah. you know, just, just to keep the rods bent. Ladyfish, I mean, I, I'm no, there's no shame in my game. As long, oh, as, yeah. as long as my customers' are rods are bent and they're having a good time, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the trout and ladyfish, sheep's head, mm-hmm. uh, it's generally what we go after. How has the trout bite been for you guys? Uh, I know in around Pinellas Point, Fort DeSoto, kind of the – that area it's been harder for people to find big concentrations of trout what are you seeing i i think you're fishing more around downtown uh tampa right that upper in upper bay upper bay yeah so it, it's been it's not i i'm i was talking with somebody the other day about it and we're i think the red tide just had a, a bad impact on the trout fishery because mm-hmm. uh, i mean our normal wintertime spots where we could go and spend a whole trip catching trout you aren't catching any Oh, wow. So uh, we've seen some smaller fish are around. There are some bigger fish around, but they're not in the concentrations that they used to be. So oh. I. Even I, in the upper bay, you're seeing that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people were saying and kind of contesting uh, the whole trout situation, saying, ah, it's not that bad. Uh, but it's interesting to hear different perspectives and. Uh, I mean, you've been around a long time. You grew up around Tampa Bay, right? Yep. So you've been out on the water watching this kind of evolution. And uh, so it's interesting to hear you say that for sure. Yeah. I know in our area, we normally see a lot of trout around the Johns Pass Bridge, around the jetties, even out on the beaches. uh, People catching trout pretty consistently uh, when they're using those live shrimp and you, you either catch a speckled trout or a bonnet head, it seems like yeah. this time of year, uh, in that colder kind of mixed up water mm-hmm. behind the fronts. And, uh, I haven't really seen the trout. It's been mostly just bonnet heads. Yeah. And it's, it's that way too. It's, it's regional though. Cause you could go to the South shore in some areas and the trout are great. I mean, you could come across certain flats in the middle bay mm-hmm. where you could do a drift and catch, you know, plenty of trout, but, uh, it, it's not the way it was, um, I think that certain creeks used to be able to go in and just wear them out. 
and mm-hmm. you're not catching any. If you are, it's very few. The fish that you're catching are keeper size fish. Um, and uh, last spring, I caught a few in my cast net that were babies. Oh, wow. So it's a good thing that they're still around, but it's just, it's just not the same. Hmm. What is your go-to lure this time of year? I love a head and zero spook. Oh. That's my, I love a topwater lure early in the morning. Yeah, um, cause low it, light conditions, right? It, well, it doesn't really matter. I you mean, use it all day. I, I can use it in the middle of the day. You'll you'll still catch fish. Um, okay. Not maybe you won't catch the snook or or redfish, but trout mm-hmm. will definitely hit. Mm-hmm. Um, jacks, ladyfish, they'll still hit. But de- typically, it is early morning conditions or yeah. late in the day. Uh, but yeah, that's my my go to man. Redhead, white body. That's, ah, I've wrecked, the classical color. I've wrecked so many fish with that lure, man. <laughs> Do you switch out the uh, trebles for? No? I, I cut. I bend the barbs down. Okay, but I, I leave the regular treble hooks on, and yeah, I think on the spook, I don't think you could change the hooks out. I think oh, really? The, yeah, there's a little uh, metal uh, thing that holds it on there. Yeah, that makes it a little bit more tricky. Yeah, I guess you could cut them out and add the the split rings, but yeah, yeah not as easy as. As you want it to it's be. It's not like a mirror lure where you could just kind of yeah. take them off. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, that's my go-to, man. I, I love that lure. I I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day. I'll never forget the first time I saw that. Mm-hmm. Me and a buddy were fishing up in Double Branch. We were wading, and we were using creek chubs and didn't catch anything. We were, mm-hmm. It was a terrible day for four or five hours. I haven't caught a fish. And this old man comes out, walks out of the mangroves, first cast towards the mangrove, boom, catches like a 32, 33-inch snook. And we're watching this like, man, what, what's going on? So we uh-huh. go over and talk to him. I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's a Zara spook. I went to Walmart the next day and bought three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and still to this day, if I see Made that red and white, believer. I'll buy them all out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and any certain size or is it kind of one size for that? One size. Yeah. Yeah, there's a spook and there's a spook junior. Okay. And um, the spook junior works well too, mm-hmm. but I like the, the bigger one. Walking the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was always my favorite growing up uh, when when it was kind of lower light conditions or when it was fishing a shallow or flat trying to keep out of the grass, but also just for how reactive the fish are. Yeah. And watching that topwater bite, there's yeah. just nothing better to see that fish, even if they miss it, mm-hmm. even if they blow up on it and miss the, the lure and you don't catch them, it's still really exciting. Your heart skips a beat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> or when they start chasing it, that's yeah. really cool, too. Yeah, it's nothing like watching a fish in real shallow water coming up. And It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tearing it up on the top. Yeah. That's just it is. It's fun. I am guilty of the the buck fever though. Yeah, you see that big top water explosion, you're like instantly oh, yeah. trying to set the hook. Uh-huh. You got to wait for him to grab it though. Yep. So it, it is a little challenging, and it is kind of hard to. You want to stop. Uh-huh. You don't want to stop the the retrieve, but you need to keep it going so it'll come back and get it. <laughs> yeah, if he misses it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's so hard. You see that big blow up to remember to make sure that you're waiting to set the hook right, and then, like you said, continue the retrieve because mm-hmm. if they miss it. They'll come back for it if you uh, keep it going, right? Yes, sir. 
That's the goal. That, that you can't teach that. That's just practice. Yeah, it's something you learn over over the years. Just, but yeah, that's that's my fun. I haven't done that in a little bit. I actually, in the river the other day, I was using one. Oh yeah, it was night, and I didn't catch anything. Like I said, but it was still my go-to. I'm fishing at night. You're yeah. using it too. Yeah, because the baby tarpon they'll uh, they'll attack it. Oh, okay, you know, fishing the bridges in the river. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I'm fishing. It was probably like seven, eight foot of water, and I'm thinking to myself dude you should be using a diving plug but i still had <laughs> the top water man <laughs> that would be awesome to see a big tarping or even a baby tarping blow up on one of those things i've yeah. never seen that yep wow well you got to keep trying different things whatever works is uh what you stick to right yes sir <laughs> that's how it rolls yep so we've definitely seen that that trend of warming weather change things inshore we've seen that offshore too Definitely a, a spike in our hogfish action. Uh, we did really well this past week with beautiful, beautiful uh, water and uh, weather. And it helped a lot to get not only the hogfish excited, but lane snapper, mangroves. It was a really good week near yeah. shore, too. So looking forward to this little prefrontal bite through the weekend ahead of this new moon and uh, hopefully have plenty and plenty of action. Yep. Now, we are coming up on a break here, but we do want you to join the conversation with us, and we appreciate you hanging out with us early this Saturday morning. You can join the conversation by giving us a shout at 1-800-969-9352 on the Real Animals radio show right here on News Radio WFLA. Coming up after this, we're going to be talking more about inshore fishing techniques and asking Captain Charlie Howell, our guest this morning, more about his approaches to inshore kind of springtime fishing techniques. All we'll right. be right back. Trying to make us a living. Those old back roads and those old trucks he drove. They were never forgiven. This is the Bartow Ford Real Animals Radio Show, presented by Hubbard's Marina. Now your captains, Mike Anderson and Dylan Hubbard. We're back. Captain Dylan Hubbard here with my good buddy, Captain Charlie Howell from Ebb and Flow Charters this morning here on our Real Animals Radio Show. Brought to you by Bartow Ford on News Radio 970 WFLA. We are talking fishing this morning, and we would love to have you join the conversation. You can do so by giving us a shout at 1-800-969-9352. If you want to call and chat fishing, you got a question, you got a fishing report, you got a story, give us a shout, 1-800-969-9352. At the break, we were live on our Real Animals and Hubbard's Marina Facebook pages doing our stream, as always, every week. And uh, Captain Charlie was talking a little bit more about artificials and uh, kind of your artificial approach, if you will, and mm -hmm. uh, how you really enjoy fishing with them. And you were talking a little bit about kind of how you don't have a wide selection. Not so at all. What, what were you saying about that? So I basically have five or six lures that I keep. And That's it. Yeah, I have a top water, a deep diver, a sub one, a, a suspending twitch bait, mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of soft plastics. What and your soft plastic selection? What what's that look like? Mainly uh, DOA um, shrimp, 
cow, oh, cow, the cow, the cow, the cow, tails. Yeah. So those are normally it, and I'll keep uh, a, a white one for mm-hmm. when I'm fishing clear waters, and then a darker root beer color when I'm fishing darker water. Yeah. Some of them I might have one with a green tail, chartreuse tail, or pink tail. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really it. I, I'm very minimal yeah. on my artificials. I've kind of learned over the years. You know, when you first start out, you go and you're like, "Oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good." <laughs> and I've I've been told before that um, those are meant to catch people. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not, they're, they're meant to catch your eye, not the fish's eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like I said, that one time when nuclear the nuclear chicken uh, <laughs> color came out. I was like, oh, man, I bought it and I caught fish on it. So hey, um, it, if it works, it works. <laughs> yeah. So that was the one instance where it did catch my eye, but it also caught fish. There you go. So you got your top water, your suspending twitch bait, your diving plug, and then your soft plastics. Basically it, yeah. And I'll okay. use a bomber, a long A bomber. Oh, yeah. With the dark green back or a chartreuse green back. Mm-hmm. Um, a miradine, like I mentioned earlier, with yeah. the, that... Uh, and then um, sometimes I'll use a crystal minnow. Oh, okay. But those are basically it. I used to love the crystal minnow when I was inshore fishing a lot. They yeah. are pricey, man. Yeah, yeah, you, they are. you catch one mackerel with it, too. You're buying another one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the mackerel love to destroy them, too. And those are the ones where if you're in your boat and you hang it up in a mangrove, you're trolling motor and over to that mangrove to get it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or getting in the water yourself. <laughs> yeah. That is a pricey diving plug. <laughs> they were pricey back in the day. I can't imagine what they are now. I haven't bought one in a while. They've probably got to be up around 15 16 bucks, would be yeah. my guess, because they were ten dollars back ten yeah. years ago i remember when i was fishing heavily inshore when i was eight nine ten twelve years old i remember i, I would save up for those lures the crystal <laughs> minnows especially the bigger ones i mean the snook on the beaches in the summertime man they yeah. love them things uh-huh. especially in the passes at night around yeah. the lights man destroyed a lot of fish but i think that mirror lure would probably be my favorite twitch bait that mirrodine i think it's a 17 mr i believe so yeah uh, I th- and then the larger one too, uh, but y- you and I both happen to agree on the the colors pattern. I love that green back, yeah. The more natural colors, and we're seeing that offshore too. Uh, when I'm getting more and more into the slow pitch jigging mm-hmm. uh, thing offshore in deeper water, and uh, same thing. There's a bunch of really colorful, pretty jigs. And uh, they have one brand, NLO, that has what's called jig skins. Mm -hmm. So instead of a color pattern or something wild like that, it's literally wrapped, a lure wrapped to made to look like different prey items like pinfish, sardines, cigar minnows, eels. And man, they work really, really well. And everybody swears by them. So I'm excited to use more of those offshore too. But it's interesting that that same thing carries offshore as well. Do you do you ever use those big uh, stretch plugs, the like man stretch thirties or anything? We do a lot of that for wahoo, tuna, kingfish. Uh, we don't do trolling for grouper, at least near shore and offshore. We don't do yeah. a lot of it. I know it's big in the bay, um, but it's not something that I'm super familiar with. But uh, we troll those sort of lures, but we don't do the mans because uh, they don't they don't have a good trolling speed. Yeah. we do mostly the Rapala X wrap. That was mainly what we used uh, almost exclusively was the X-Rap Magnum 30 and 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we switched recently to more using or more heavily using Nomad uh, DTX Minnows and uh, the Nomad Mad Max right. uh, because they control even faster. They stay straighter. A Rapala X-Rap works really well, trolls pretty fast. Um, but if you catch 
a couple big fish on it and they do get torn up and they tend not to troll as well whereas that nomad seems to take a beating a little bit hardier oh beyond i have one guest that has the same uh nomad dtx minnow he's caught six wahoo on it wow it hardly has paint left on it (laughs) Uh, i mean just absolutely this lure has been destroyed over the course of a year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got the same leader. He refuses to change it all out. It's uh, it's pretty beat up, but uh, yeah, he's still catching fish with it. So that's awesome. Still running true. Yeah, I don't I don't know if uh, he's retired it yet, but it's got to be getting close to time. <laughs> uh, we are coming up on another break here, guys. On the other side, we're going to be talking more about inshore, nearshore, and offshore fishing. A little bit about our favorite species to target and why. And we got some events to talk about too, guys. So stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side right here on News Radio WFLA Real Animals Radio. We'll be right back. Get out, get dressed, you ready for the race Take a walk outside Stare up at the clear blue sky Cassidy's crying, but I don't mind It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the Barto Ford Real Animals Radio Show, presented by Hubbard's Marina. Now your captains, Mike Anderson and Dylan Hubbard. Sorry about your luck, guys. It's just me, Captain Dylan Hubbard. Here. I'm not Mike. <laughs> we got Captain Charlie Howell from Ebb and Flow Charters and myself on the Real Animals Radio Show this morning on News Radio 970 WFLA. We are talking fishing, and we'd love to have you join the conversation. You can call us today at 1-800-969-9352. want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Affordable Roofing Systems. If you need a new roof or roof repair, check out our friends at Affordable Roofing Systems. They understand that your roof is a very large investment, protects most everything you own. Let Affordable Roofing Systems today come out and help you guide you through the important process with their roofing knowledge. Whether you need a shingle, metal, tile, or flat roof, Affordable Roofing Systems is your safest choice for repairs or replacements. Affordable Roofing Systems is defined by integrity, respect, and honesty, and has a personalized and professional approach to business. Call Affordable Roofing Systems today at 888-397-ROOF. For your free estimate or visit their website at affordableroofingflorida.com. Before the show got started this morning, Charlie, we were talking a little bit about uh, our upcoming FWC meeting next Mm -hmm. week. Uh, That meeting is uh, March 2nd and 3rd. That's uh, this upcoming Wednesday and Thursday. And uh, you were telling me about something with... uh, the, the the discussion starting about redfish changes. You want to yep. uh, talk a little bit about that? That was that was super interesting that, that they are proposing to kind of 
do a more regionalized approach, huh? Yeah, and I guess that uh, they've managed redfish the same way since, I believe, 1989. So think of how Florida's population has changed (laughs) since 1989. Um, And and they've adapted the same rules and procedures for their management. Mm -hmm. It's just beyond me that it's now 2022 and they're just now looking into changing how they manage the stock. Yeah. Well, I think it's more so not how they manage a stock because that's changed. Management, like bag limits, size limits, that kind of thing has changed and evolved over time. But how they kind of benchmark the stock is kind of what they're looking at as far as the escapement rate. So their escapement rate has been how they historically do that. And what that is is basically how many fish escape the estuary to go near shore or offshore to spawn. That's the escapement rate that is referred to when you look at redfish management. And it's the same thing in federal waters, too, which is interesting. They talk a lot about escapement rate yeah. uh, at the federal water er, at the federal fisheries because redfish is federally managed in our federal waters. It's completely closed to harvest across the Gulf of Mexico because that's where they go to spawn yeah. is federal waters yeah. out there in offshore waters. And a lot of times you'll see them out there in big, big schools and people talk, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Those are spawning fish. Yeah. And they're super, super fragile and delicate once they're out there because they're not eating. Mm-hmm. They're in, they've got one thing on their brain, yep. and uh, and that's to replicate. And uh, they are every time you run across one, it looks like almost like an eel, like it's all emaciated, yeah. beat up, looks yep. like it's uh, worn out. And uh, yeah, they are very fragile. So if you do spot them offshore. Uh, obviously everybody wants a chance to fight a big old bull redfish, but you got to keep them in the water if you can, or if you got to take them out of the water, make sure they get back in there quickly and gently because they are delicate and they are in the process of proliferating. So, but, uh, so they're basically talking about altering the way of just looking at escapement, but they're adding to it is what you were saying. Yeah. And they're breaking it down regionally. Uh, so they'll have different management regions. I believe now it's only... I think there's three. I think it's a panhandle, West Coast, and East Coast is how they <laughs> manage. So now it's being broken down into eight or nine different regions. Oh, nice. Um, <clears throat> which we were discussing earlier. I think that they yeah. have Tampa Bay, Sarasota, and Charlotte Harbor as separate regions. I mean, that could probably be one region. But um, they're doing it for a lot of different reasons, and a lot of it has to do with habitat Yeah. Um, and habitat decline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've experienced it here you know with seagrasses going away Mm -hmm. obviously uh indian river and and you know southeast florida has definitely seen some issues with their seagrasses yeah it's definitely been a big change that and uh harmful algal blooms i saw on there too we were talking about earlier so they're taking into consideration more environmental factors when looking at the science or kind of benchmarking the science of that species. So yeah. pretty interesting. And if you go, you could go on FWC's website and if you look at the commission's meeting um, under that tab, they have the actual presentation that they're going to do on Thursday. So if you can't make it to the FWC meeting, you can look on the website and look at the information they're going to give to the commission. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, um, I always just Google FWC commission meetings and that'll bring you right to the commission meeting page. website page yeah. of the FWC. And it shows you the dates and the times of those meetings. And then you can click the meeting you're interested in, which would be the most 
uh, uh, recent or the one coming up, and it will show you the agenda, and uh, you can actually follow through the agenda, see the presentations. There's also a link there and a discussion about how to submit comments. So if you can't make it to the meeting and you're interested in submitting a comment, you could do so prior to the meeting. But it's typically like the 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 Friday before, so we might be a little too late to submit yeah. comments. Um, but you can show up. It is right in Tampa this time at the Tampa Convention Center. And again, that's Wednesday and Thursday, and the times are right there on that FWC site. Mm -hmm. We did have someone who wanted to join our conversation. Remember, you can call us at 1-800-969-9352 to ask your fishing questions, give us a fishing story or a fishing report. Uh, but we've got a caller here from Newport Ritchie. What's going on? Hi, uh, you guys. Hi, Dylan. I was listening this morning to the news at, about the issue of abandoned boats, you know, in the Tampa Bay area. Derelict and I used vessels. to live down on Boca mm -hmm. Bay, and every year there'd be two or three abandoned sailboats. And today on the news, they said they're going to be giving uh, a towing company, I guess, $5,000 a piece to remove those boats. And this is an issue. I lived in the Tampa Bay region on and off since 2003. $5,000 seems like a lot of money to tow a boat, and I wonder if you guys had any ideas on what could be done with all of those abandoned boats and when they're going to be allocating $5,000 apiece, what would be, wouldn't that money be better off used as a prevention to the owners to prevent them from abandoning their boats. In other words, wouldn't it be wiser to make money available to the owners of boats before they get into that state of disrepair? Do you know what I, I'm saying? I, I like where your like head's at. Yeah, I like where your head's at, and 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 I agree with you uh, that some there's a lot to the problem, uh, but in my opinion, five thousand dollars per vessel to remove them is about right. Because keep in mind, a lot of these vessels are sunk. So you have to have a dive right. team go in, float the vessel. You got to repair the vessel so it stays watertight. You got to get a crane. Then you got to get a truck, a flatbed truck. You got to get a bulldozer out there, excavator to pull that truck onto a flatbed or pull that boat onto a flatbed. It is a big process yeah. that needs a lot of heavy machinery. I, I've seen it. I've seen it done. Yeah. And I and I totally agree. But my idea is let's think out of the box and try to prevent it from happening yes. to begin with. I understand we can't prevent no, I, you know, I, somebody being a poor pilot. And, you know, <laughs> we can by training. But I'm saying that $5,000 that's going to the towing company, maybe what government should start to think about is maybe when a boat is starting to get, for example, there was a couple who were trying to get out of here a couple of years ago, um, it was in the news, and they oh, had I a remember that. Boat. It was that, like, that happened in John's that? Pass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very yeah, familiar. <laughs> yes, and right. to answer and your to to <laughs> speak to that point of it, I think uh, one of the biggest things is no matter no matter how much money you spend, you can't prevent or uh, educate enough to kind of go around act, acts of God. And a lot of times, yeah. what I find is even experienced sailors and experienced boaters uh you'll have a big sailboat like that 
you have to leave it anchored in the case of a big storm, whether yeah. it's a, a big hurricane right, right. Or, or just one of these cold fronts or even our summertime afternoon thunderstorms. And so you're anchored up and one of those big storms comes in, your anchor breaks loose, that, that boat can get up on the rocks really fast. Yeah. Sailboats real, don't have a lot of horsepower. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you, there's, there's that point and then uh, I don't think you could prevent it that much outside of just – People who live on a sailboat maybe don't maintain them as well, and there's a, yeah. there's a, a section, uh, but I mean it's affordable housing <laughs> yeah. for some people yeah. in right. Florida style. You know, it is definitely an issue. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's shelter from you know the inclement weather when it comes along. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's something that I just thought would be worthy of discussion because I witnessed it. And I witnessed how it makes the waters unnavigable. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and um, it's not a pleasant thing to look at, but it's like there's the expense that's involved. Yeah. But how do we prevent? What are your you guys have lived here longer than I have and are much more boat worthy? What would be your ideas on how to prevent it? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the conversation piece, and we'll definitely uh, talk more about that uh, as uh, we move forward. We all end up paying when we have to pay $5,000. Oh, yeah, it comes right out of your pocket, taxpayers. (laughs) Thank you for the call this morning, Kim. I appreciate it. Okay, all right. You You have a great day. day Thank you. Great work. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean... Derelict vessels, that's been an ongoing issue. And, Forever. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as I've been alive, uh, it's always been in discussion. Yeah. Kathleen Peters was uh, the Pinellas County Commissioner who really pushed on that. And uh, it's pretty cool that she was able to make some headway and, and get some money allocated going towards that. Because Pinellas yeah. County has a huge surplus of federal dollars for COVID relief. And it has to be used for kind of beautifications yeah. or tourism. There's certain things that it can be used for. Mm-hmm. So they basically uh, worked to get that some of that money allocated towards uh, the removal of a lot of these derelict vessels. I don't know what yeah. you could do really necessarily do more of to prevent it because they just met past that recent change. I don't know if – I think it was in Pinellas County. I don't think it was Florida-wide where you only have a few days uh, before you have to – or a certain amount of days where the boat can sit there and not move. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to prove that it can maneuver so that way – you can prove that you're going to pump out. Yeah. That was an interesting recent rule change that kind of got to preventing derelict vessels because a cop could come up and say, kind of mark the boat. And then after a certain number of days, I think it was like three or four, uh, they could potentially make the owner prove that the boat can navigate or they can order it to be removed. Yeah. You remember I, that? I do. I think that was Pinellas County. Oh, it was just the I county, think, not I the state. I think so, yeah. Because in Hillsborough, we have. Um, I think it's a people issue. Most boats, most sailboats that you see that the pe- the owners deal with them regularly, it's obvious. Yeah. And then you have the ones where the people live on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, I, I, I can't really, yeah. you know, <laughs> I understand where you know you're what going. I'm trying to say, <laughs> but, but it, it's like, um, you know, you just have some people that don't care. Yeah. And if they're, if they lose their boat that they didn't pay for or, you know, it's or they oh, well. paid a couple of bucks for. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, well, OK, there it goes. I'll just wait for the next one to come along. And, mm-hmm. and this one's going to sit there. And then the city of Tampa is going to have to come out and they do it probably once a year. Yeah. You know, to clean them out. Yeah, it's a big issue for sure.
I wish we could drag them all offshore and sink them for artificial right? reefs. Exactly. I'd be happy to take care of that, but <laughs> they frown upon that kind of thing nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> we are up against the break, guys. We're going to be back on the other side talking more about fishing. Join the conversation, 1-800-969-9352. Our good buddy Ron from Ron's Tackle Box called, but must have had to drop off there. So hopefully he'll give us a call back for our freshwater report, and hopefully we'll hear from you too. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Facebook. We're streaming live to the Hubbard's Marina and Real Animals Facebook page. Real Animals Radio on News Radio 970 WFLA. We'll be right back. You are gonna want me. I am what you need. This is the Bartow Ford Real Animals Radio Show. Presented by Hubbard's Marina. Now your captains, Mike Anderson and Dylan Hubbard. We're back. Real Animals Radio on News Radio 970 WFLA. We've got some callers joining the show. We are got a, on a short segment here, so we're going to go right to those callers. We got Ron from Ron's Tackle Box. What's going on, Ron? Hey, good morning. Morning. I'll make it brief. I know you're slammed with people today. Yeah, I, I wish. We don't have a lot of callers, but we're just on a short segment. Go ahead, Ron. Tell us about that freshwater report. Well, we're doing great. A lot of great bass, some big fish showing up. Nice. And uh, we're looking at some 10s, 11s. Whoa. And we're trying to uh, keep control of that, but it's been really good. I mean, all the lakes surrounding lakes around here are on fire. There's even shellcracker bite, speckled perch, which are the crappies for the people up north. (laughs) And uh, big-sized bass. I mean, we're just... They're staging and they're spawning out in about six, eight foot of water. Wow. Deep. They're not up in the shoreline like they normally are. It seems like they're a little deeper this year. That's funny. We were talking about that at the Bartow Ford fishing conversation. The Watts brothers were saying that a lot of times you'll find them bedding a little deeper. That's interesting that yes. it is uh, yep. holding true this year, too. Absolutely. When you see a lot of splash along the shoreline and see beds, it's mainly tilapia. Most yeah. of them are tilapia beds. That was something that I learned that night is those perfectly round, sh- like perfectly circular beds or tilapia beds, huh. not bass beds. I always yeah. looked at lakes, oh, that's a bass yeah. bed. I bet that's a good lake to fish. No, that's a tilapia bed. Hmm. It, describe a, a, the difference between a bass bed and a tilapia bed. That was really interesting. Yeah, that that was a, a good turnout out there in Bartle Ford. Guys are loaded with information. And Watch Brothers, they do a fantastic job of teaching. They don't even know if they're teaching. They don't realize they're teaching, but they're teaching people. Yeah. But they, they were saying that bass bed is, uh, looks a, d- a certain different way. What, what was that again? I, I don't recall. Well, the, the more white-sanded, rounded ones are the uh, tilapia more than the bass. The other ones are just, I don't know how you describe the, the way that bed looks. It's similar. Yeah. But it's a little different. Some of them are kind of more concave, I think. Mm-hmm. More oval. What I've seen. Yeah, more fish-shaped, I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah. Well, but cool, the predators man. predators get in there and tear them up. Yeah, mess up those beds. That's why they're so protective, right? Yes. That's it. When you pull a bass off that bed, in minutes, there's, there's critters in there eating everything. Wow. So you got to, you know, catch and release as quick as you can. Interesting. Learn something but new But there is day. a lot of bass in the lakes. That's why the slot limits 
smaller, you could get little fish and keep the little ones, and you can only keep one bigger one over 16 and keep four under 16 because they want to thin them out because there's more fish than food hmm. Very in cool. these lakes. That cool. way they can grow, you know, the fish can grow better Yeah. by, by thinning them out. You got to thin out the top dogs, huh? Yeah, <laughs> get them out of there. Yeah. Hey, I want to mention something. Today we have Heritage Day here in our city. Okay. And a big festival. We have Buffalo Soldiers there. We have a couple bands up there, all kinds of people that craft. Nice. Woodworkers of Polk County will be there. A lot of great demonstrations. Awesome. So if anybody wants to come out and fish... You come out and hit that at the same time. Well, how do they find you over there at uh, Ron's Taco Box? I'm at 380, 380 South Lakeshore Way, which is 1792 in Lake Alfred. Phone number 863-956-4990. I appreciate it, Ron. As always, thanks for being our freshwater Thank guru. Thank you. Hey, you have a good day, buddy. Alrighty. See you. Thanks. Bye. Every every week, without fail, calling in, telling us all about that freshwater bite. 10 That's awesome. to 12 pound bass, he said. Man, I haven't bass fished since high school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been since college for me. I uh, figured it out in college. I had to. I was going to school at UCF in Orlando. Yeah. So I was itching to go fishing, <laughs> and uh, I was forced into bass fishing. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. It is. I just haven't done it in forever. Yeah. And this is a time of year they're they're a lot easier to target in those beds yeah. along the shoreline. But the round ones are tilapia beds. Hmm. Learn something new every day. We got the crabber from Oldsmar on hold. Appreciate you hanging out there, man. We are going to get to you on the other side. And hopefully you, too, join the conversation by giving us a shout at 1-800-969-9352. We've got a whole nother hour of great stuff coming at you. Still got some events to chat about. Still want to talk some more about that FWC meeting and much, much more. Stay tuned, y'all. Real Animals Radio on News Radio 970. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.